Introducing a different mindset. The Front Page. Radio Free. 102.3. JJLH. KJLH front page at KJLH front page. We're on Twitter as well. Um, and KJLHradio.com. Of course, you always want to visit there. Okay, now we are going to uh, meet our special guests in the studio. First, this. I thought I was always under the impression that driving with a suspended license was against the law. Yeah. And if this man killed a man while driving uh, with a suspended license, then he should be arrested and tried for violating the law. Killing somebody. But no, they let him go. They've never arrested him. And I'm surprised, I'd be surprised if he showed up on April the 20th. That was the voice of Betty Pleasant. You guys know her from the Wave uh, newspaper. She was talking about the March 7th tragedy where Anthony Dunn of Compton was struck and killed when a driver rear-ended his postal service van while he was working in Boyle Heights delivering mail. He died after both of his legs were severed. Betty Pleasant, of course, has been writing about this in her column in The Wave. And many of you, Front Page family, I know have been following this case because people have been calling in and talking about it. Uh, with us right now in studio, we have some of the family and attorneys of Anthony Dunn. In studio, Dunn's wife, Janelle Dunn, who knew... Anthony for 13 years before she married him. Good morning, Janelle. Good morning. And um, her attorneys, Walter Mosley. Hello. Good morning. Uh, and Brittany Engelman of Mosley, Engelman & Jones. Good morning, Dominique. Thank you for having us today. Good morning. Now, for those not following this case, um, he died. He was, he was hit by an SUV that was apparently out of control. He died. Um, the district attorney's office found out that the driver uh, had not been had not been operating his vehicle negligently. They're saying he fell asleep. They're saying he wasn't drunk. Um, Anthony Dunn, as he was known, was pinned between the car and the truck. And Soto was operating his car with a revoked license, but he was never taken into custody. The district attorney's office reviewed this case. They found he wasn't speeding, he wasn't driving under the influence. Um, so what he ended up being charged with was one misdemeanor count each, a vehicular manslaughter and driving with a suspended license, driving without a valid license, and failure to prove insurance. And all of this is going to happen in traffic court, is that right? Yes. That's correct. Um, this just seems very unusual for a person to be 
killed and were going to traffic court? That, that's the true tragedy, I think, of this particular case is that um, Mr. Dunn, essentially as a post office, was serving his country, um, delivering his mail, sorting his mail behind his truck with his back to uh, the traffic as prescribed, unfortunately as prescribed by the U.S. Postal Service. And uh, uh, Mr. Felipe Soto wasn't driving an SUV. He was driving a one-ton, 16-passenger van um, operating what we believe to be, or what we've been informed to be, an illegal uh, or a bandit taxi service. Uh, this passenger truck, if you think of a, of a uh, super shuttle, a blue super shuttle, um, essentially, uh, as Mr. Soto claims, was serving to get out of the way of a dog of, of, of an animal um, that no one has yet to see. But yet they said he fell asleep. And, and, and some, some accounts are that he fell asleep. Um, you know, that's, that's too, going to be determined, at least we hope that's going to be determined um, in, a, in a more serious uh, uh, court. Um, okay, I want to talk more about the legal aspect of this. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and, and I'm glad both attorneys are here because I know people have a lot of questions. And we are taking your calls. 520-KJLH, 520-5554. But I want to talk to you, Janelle. First of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, how devastating one day you have a loving husband and the next day you don't. Yeah, that's the thing that's, I can't believe that's what happened. Because like I was talking to Walter and Brittany, that day was perfect. You know, I had just talked to Anthony at 9 o'clock when I had told him that I came to work and then I'm okay and I'll be getting off at 6 that day. And he said, okay, I love you. And then he said that he was, he was about to go on the streets and, you know, deliver his mail. And that was the last time I had talked to my husband that day. So I don't, I can't believe all this is happening because I seem like my world has stopped. Because Anthony's not there. I depend on Anthony so much. Like, we're best friends. Like, that was my husband, you know. And then I just, I can't believe he's gone. I can't believe I'm going through this. I'm so sorry for your loss. I, I just, it's, I just, it's something no one can imagine, you know. It's just not something you ever think about. I mean, this man was not sick. He was 31 years old. You guys known each other since you were practically kids. Yes. So it's not like, you, you know, you, you guys are best friends. <laughs> and your spouses. One day he's fine, he's healthy, the next day he's gone. Yeah, and that's the thing I can believe. And then, like, this year, like, everybody knows that we were trying to have a family. We were about to purchase a house. And then all of a sudden, it was like, my, just like I said, my world has stopped. Like, I lost everything. I feel like I lost everything. You know, I lost my partner. I lost the dreams that we were about to have to purchase a house. You know, I can't have kids with Anthony because he's gone. And I just don't understand how Felipe Soto could walk away. You know, and get out free. He could go see his family. You know, he could go wherever he wants to go. He could go back to work. He could do whatever he wants to do. And Anthony, he's gone for life. You know, I be crying every day I go home. When I cry, it's like, I'm just like, I keep thinking that he wants to, he's coming to the house, like he's coming home. But really, he's not. It's just like, I don't understand what happened. Well, I know the front page family and your, your whole KJLH family here is lifting you up in prayer and putting our arms around you literally and figuratively. But I know we, I know we also can't bring him back. Anthony, you know, what we maybe don't see in the reports about a guy who gets killed is who Anthony really was. This is a, an excellent student, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And he was about to, you know, he was about to graduate. He was going to transfer to Cal State Long Beach. You know, he want, he knows I cook really good. He, they keep saying that he wants to be a gourmet chef. He wanted to own his own restaurant. Like, he had dreams. Anthony wanted to live. And then when he had, before he had passed away, the doctor was saying, you know, 
that you know he was fighting he was fighting for you I was like yeah because he knows I need him so like Anthony wanted to live how hard is that? He was a postal worker for five years, right? For seven years. Seven years. A mailman, a as mail- we say. Uh-huh. A the, mail carrier. <laughs> a mail carrier. Yeah, my grandpa was one of those. I, um, and did it for many, many years. He, he took pride in his job. He was up there in Boyle Heights, which, as we know, does not sport lots of black people. Yes. But apparently was pretty popular. Up yes, here. like the whole community likes him. And that's the thing, like, I don't understand how this happened. But everybody likes him. Even when he worked at Doc Waller over there by USC, all that whole community loves him. So Anthony's a well-liked man. That's why I was just like, I can't believe that something like this happened to him. Why did he have to die this way? I think Betty Pleasant in her column does a really good job of describing him. And uh, one of the things she said was that he would just go the extra mile. You know, he'd yes. ring the bell and make sure people got their mail so nobody's checks came up missing. He mm-hmm. would, you know, he would, you know, take extra care with people uh, in the work that he did. And just tell us a little bit more, you know, what you miss the most. I know it's hard. Yeah. Um, I miss our date nights. Once a month, we always did date nights. That was like, you know, like we take turns, like who will pay and everything. But we always had date nights. And then, you know, the last date night we had was in January. We went to Vegas. We just did like a sperm morning thing. We all take trips and everything. Like we've been to Jamaica, you know, um, Puerto Rico. You know, we've been to different places. So it's like when we do date nights, you know, it's something, you know, something simple. And it could be something extravagant. So, but, and then he always cooks for me. So I'm going to miss his cooking. I'm just going to miss him. You know, he's my, you know, he's my supporter. And I just, right now, I just feel like I don't have that support no more because Anthony's gone because that's my support. And even though I have family and friends that support me, but Anthony was my main support. Yeah, it's not the same. Not the same it's as not your the man. Same, yes. No, it's not. Now, you, um, you guys were strategic in what you were doing, too. He had a job. He was still going to school. And you were planning your children. Yes. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do everything by the book. Yeah. But it seemed like my dreams that's got messed up. So now that must make it even harder when you see someone who seems like they're not playing by the book. And yet it seems like so far from what we see, like they're going to get away with it. Yes, yeah, so and that's the thing I don't understand. Like, he has to spend the license. There was so much stuff. Even like Anthony, he was still alive at the scene. But he, both of his legs were amputated, so I don't understand why the police didn't take him in and, you know, and keep him, you know, keep him detained. Hold him, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, that's a severe accident. But yeah. that was something severe. Somebody lost both of their legs. And has this guy, um, Felipe Soto, has he contacted you? Has he that's the thing. I, made that's any having, gestures? Is he? No, I don't know for sure, but I'd be having bad dreams, and I was telling Brittany that. I was like... You know, I don't know if he's, because I work at a hospital, I don't know if he came there as a patient, you know, I don't know if I'm treating him for something, you know, I don't know if I see him in the grocery store, I don't know, I don't know if he came. So he's no made no attempt to no, contact him. That is amazing to me. I don't care if you have a license, you don't have a license, I don't care what planet you're from, if you kill somebody... If you kill somebody and you're an innocent person, I mean, don't you think that's every driver's nightmare, that you'll hit someone? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go and talk to the family and beg their forgiveness and what can I do and I'm so sorry. None of that. No, nothing. I'm so sorry for your loss. I want to go back to the attorneys here, though. How unusual is this? I mean, for somebody to be 
this severely injured and no one's taken into custody. It seems weird to me. I just assume I would be in jail if I did this to someone. Yeah, Dominique, we would agree with you 100%. Um, it it's just seems like a complete disregard for human life. Um, I don't understand why the police didn't detain him. Do you think him. it's because it's black life? Well, you know... I have to ask that. This is the front page. Yeah, it seems to be, um, unfortunately, uh, something we're seeing, a pattern of in the news lately. And, you know, you hate to think that, but it's hard to justify it any other way. I mean, the the police um, did not arrest this man on the scene, even knowing that somebody was basically suffering and tremendously fighting for their life. It's and just the scales of justice. It's it's really hard to get your mind around the fact that they arrest Mitrice Richardson for having a little part of a joint and not paying her bill. But somebody smashes into someone not controlling a vehicle, which they're operating illegally, and the person ends up severely injured and then dead, and that person's still walking around. <laughs> it's outrageous. Yeah, I, I think as a as a black male myself, um, police are generally aggressive uh, in their movements, uh, particularly with me and with other black men. It is shocking that they're so passive in this particular case. Um, if the driver of the truck may have been another black man, you think that the police may be a little bit more swift. Um, when you think about the charges that were brought against Mr. Soto in traffic court, you think if that uh, if that defendant would have been a, 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 a black male, that those charges would have been more aggressive. I, I've never known, in, in my experience, for the DA or or, or for uh, or for prosecutors to to essentially undercharge or, or or to to go as light as they possibly can. It always seems as a, a trend to to start at the top and then work their way down. Uh, so this case, as you're as you're pointing out, Dominique, is unique for, uh, for us. This this case is an outlier, um, but unfortunately, it's outlying in a particular trend that we're seeing across this country uh, with the treatment of or the disparage uh, treatment of uh, of black men. Uh, you know, a lot of questions come up, and we have people already calling that want to ask questions as well. I, I want to make this note because the front page, the past, I'm going to say couple weeks has been a little rough and yesterday when we opened up the phones and when I say rough we've been dealing with loss of life lack of justice we've been talking about the case of Trayvon Martin of Kendrick McDade in Pasadena mm-hmm. who was uh, killed by police and you know we still don't see uh, the moving forward the way the family would like we've been talking about the case of Fred Martin who was killed here in Inglewood uh, while trying to protect his eight-year-old son's life the son shot and okay the father dead at 28 and, you know, and people were pretty depressed yesterday when we opened up the phones for Hot Topic Tuesday. I want to say to you, family, the reason that we're talking about these cases is not because it's the only thing that's going on in America. It's not because it's the only thing black people are doing. It's not to bring you despair. It's because these families, these folks need help. They are asking for our help, and people know where to turn. They can come to KGLH. They can come to the front page. That's why we're doing this. We don't want you to feel hopeless. We don't want you to feel depressed. We don't want you to feel overwhelmed. What we do want you to understand is that this is our community safety net, the front page. That's why we're here. So let's be soldiers, okay? Let's... Let's not get depressed. Let's be soldiers. 
let's step up and help. Not, let's try not to get overwhelmed, okay? I know it's tough, but I want to say that because yesterday's Hot Topic Tuesday, y'all had me ready to head for a bridge. We can't go there. We have to be strong. We are the backup, okay? Just wanted to say that. We're being joined now in studio by Felicia Adrian Smith, who's Anthony Dunn's mother. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Smith. Good morning, Dominique. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. I know times are hard right now. Every mommy's nightmare. Exactly. Tell us something about your son that you wish people knew. Uh, Anthony was just so special. Um, Anthony, as a child, so hard. As a child, he was the son every parent would love to have. He was a great student. I never had any problems out of him. And when he was young, when he was nine, he wanted to work. So he was like, Mom, I want to earn money. What could I do? And at nine years old, what could he do? He recycled. He threw papers, cut grass, anything, you know. And he even just helped people just so out you, of the you basically had a little Jamaican on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> the he man had 52 <laughs> jobs at age seven. Yeah, at nine he started. And then wow. at 16 he had his first job working um, at... Um, TJ Maxx, and um, he graduated with a 3.8 GPA from Bellflower High School, and he continued on and went to college, and um, he was just such a hard working person, good-hearted, he'd do anything to help anyone. I just feel just so lost without him. He would call just to see how I was doing every day. He'd take my mom to the doctor for her appointments. And you know, it, it, I mean, we, we hear these stories here on the front page. And, and Ms. Smith, I, I, gosh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, my heart goes out to you. But as moms, we think about, you know, okay, my son graduated. He's got job. He's got a job. He's got a wife. He's not a gang member. It's going to be all right. You you, you know, you you must have felt like, you know, you were home free (laughs) as a mom. Yes. He was very special. No gang banging, no drugs. I mean, he was always so straightforward and focused and always wanted to do the right thing and did do the right thing. (sighs) How are you feeling? I'm just torn. I'm devastated. I just, you know, this is just unbelievable that this had happened and this guy is just, you know, nothing's coming from it. I don't understand how someone could have a tra- uh, accident like this and not even be given a breathalyzer, breathalyzer test. Um, the officer just assumed that he had been not drinking. I mean... When does that happen? Yeah, we just Unless your know. name is George Zimmerman. Michael Evans is also with us. He is the stepfather Good, of right, Anthony correct, Dunn. Good correct. morning. Good morning. How you doing, Dominique? Morning. Boy, you must... you got to be a rock right now, huh? Yeah, You've got to be uh, everybody's rock. And very upset. Very, very upset. What, I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, I'm not happy with the whole situation because Anthony was the kind of man that did deserve to live. 
And this right here has devastated the whole family. And at the end of the day, we don't see any justice. What can we do? I mean, and I want to, I'm asking this to the family. I'm also asking the attorneys because this went to the DA's office and they chose to go to traffic court. (laughs) So what can we do? I'm not, you know, anyone that listens to this fan, this show knows that I'm not a big fan of Steve Cooley. Uh, you know, he chose to put some of our children in Long Beach in jail for months over an alleged attack on Halloween some years ago. And yet a person is dead and, and you don't really see why and and again the situation with Kendrick McDade you know again this has come these are decisions coming out of DA Steve Cooley's office what can we do and what's the justification for this it seems it I'm not an attorney but it seems crazy first of all um, well I want to okay go ahead Walter Mosley you look like you want to say something attorney, yeah, I, attorney I, I, Mosley. I think um, right into the mic if you would sure I, I there's something we can do um, and, and that is to make enough noise to get the district attorney's attention. Um, the, the district attorney's office did make a comment and said that they would, consi- they hope their office is considering the matter fully. Um, we don't know what that consideration was. We don't know how much time they spent looking at it. Um, only thing we know is they passed. So what we're asking everyone to do is to request that the district attorney take a second pass. Uh, take a look at the file. So are we talking about letters? Are we talking we're talking about, about letters, radio talking about shows. phone calls. And, we're, and quite frankly, we're talking about voting. Because uh, at the end of the day, these decisions really turn on the constituency and the people that he's serving. And uh, he's serving... Even though he's termed out and he's going to be replaced by somebody else. But indeed, I, I do think that public pressure makes a difference. We see it in, in the case of Trayvon Martin. There's no question about it. Um, but I want to... Um, I want to also ask Michael Evans, uh, you're his, his dad, his stepdad. Yes, correct. What would you like to see people do? Well, basically, just like Walter was saying, you know, just write letters, let it be known that this was not uh, a good investigation or whatever's going on. But my thing is, at the end of the day, if this can happen to this young black man, this can happen to the next young black man. And we don't want our situation to be taken lightly, and we don't want the next person's situation to be taken lightly. Because we feel like we've been disrespected, no one cares. We care. Yeah, most we definitely. We care every single day. And, and you know, maybe we can work with the attorneys uh, to, to draft a letter and put it up on the website that people can use as a template. So they can take some of the pieces of that letter and make their own letter and write. And I know people care because people brought this case up and that's on a, Hot Topic Tuesday and Radio right. Free Friday without us ever bringing it up. It it came up. People were worried about it. They were concerned about it. I want to go to these phones because every single line is lit up, but not before um, we give um, Anthony's sister, Brandy, a chance to say something. And Brandy, I'm going to do what journalists are never supposed to do, which is say... Just ask you. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I'm um, Anthony's sister-in-law. I'm Janelle's sister. The question that I had was, okay, is there a sign somewhere that's posted that says "Open Season on Black People"? I mean, really, what is going on where we're getting, you know, 
gunned down and it just doesn't seem like anybody is anybody is being held accountable we're getting gunned down we're getting killed well i, I don't think it's open season no. i know some people say that and they feel that way um but if you look at the people marching in the streets um we know that there's pushback and that's why we're glad you're here you know, that's why I was trying to say to our family early, because we hear these stories and people's hearts go out to you. What can we do? We want to march. We want to write. I just don't want us to get discouraged because I started to hear that in people's voice on yesterday. And we know that when we move, no matter how hard it is, it makes a difference. Let's go to Trino calling us from Torrance. Trino, you're on the air. Good morning. Trino? Yes. Yeah. Hi. You have the microphone. Oh, oh, yeah. I just want to um, give my condolences to, to the family for the unfortunate um, situation that happened. And just be strong and stay strong. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so as of right now, uh, as Betty Pleasant said, uh, Brittany, we're expecting this suspect, I guess it would be what the official term was, to be in court later this month. Yes, that, that's correct. Court. Dominique, on April 20th, there's an arraignment scheduled um, at the courthouse on Hill Street, and we'll find out formally what the charges are, um, and at that time we'll find out, you know, whether Felipe Soto even shows up that day. Will um, anybody be there, say, protesting or anything like that? Well, I can tell you for a fact that, that our office will be there. Um, and, you know, in terms of protest, we would welcome um, any members of the public to be there, um, to show up, to write letters to the city attorney's office, um, emails, phone calls, anything that can be done to try to get these charges aggravated up to, to where they belong. Which is? Which is, in my opinion, um, murder charges could be filed, uh, second-degree murder charges. There's a reckless element here there's a total disregard for safety um and and i do believe you know they they need to look into further mr soto's um honesty and when he was speaking with the police there's been accounts that he was on the cell phone there's been accounts that perhaps he fell asleep there's been other accounts that he dodged a dog in the road where a witness following directly behind him said there was absolutely no dog um there's been no no charges um for you know false information given to a police officer and if you look at the the case involving um kendrick mcdade one of the things that went wrong there was the person who made the call said that there was a um the person who robbed them was armed and they used that as a means for the arrest don't see that here in this case whether they're investigating um whether mr soto was in fact telling the truth you know when he was questioned by officers there's been reports that he was very cavalier on the scene, um, reaching for soda, drinking soda in his car, um, making calls on his cell phone, completely disregarding the human life in front of him that was struggling to survive. So, you know, we would we would definitely encourage and, and welcome people to, you know, just, just show the outrage that they feel. 544 in the morning. We're going to continue our conversation with the attorneys and the family of Anthony Dunn, the postal worker who was killed in Los Angeles by a, an unlicensed driver. That unlicensed driver apparently will face justice in traffic court. More straight ahead. It's the front page. It's Radio Free 102.3. 
KJLH. It's time to get up. Get up. It's the front page on Radio Free. Free. 102.33. KJLH. Mary J. Blyde inviting you to the 12th annual KJLH Women's Health Forum at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Make sure you register today for a day of education, empowerment, relaxation, and fun. Enjoy a panel discussion and live radio broadcast, workshops, exercise, classes, free health screening, free massages, trip and prize giveaways, fashion show, vendor area, healthy food samples, and so much more. Gather your girlfriends and continue the journey on Saturday, April 28th, starting at 8 a.m. Ladies, it's something you don't want to miss. Visit KJLHradio.com and start living now. The KJLH Women's Health Forum is sponsored by GoldenVoice.com, the County of Los Angeles Department of Children and Family Services, AmeriFirst Mortgage Solutions with Larry P. Log on to FixMyPayment.com, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Go to FreeSTDCheck.org anytime you might need, because it's better and healthier to know. And New Image Dental on Sentinel Avenue in Inglewood, featuring Dr. Adams and her highly skilled team of beautiful female dentists. The original community. This is The Front Page on Radio Free, 102.3, KJLH. Yeah. Cause the worst come the worst, my people's come first, so if you ain't busting down, uh, please disperse, uh, please disperse, uh, please disperse. I knew I never should have bought that tease the purse, cause the worst come the worst, my people's come first, so if you ain't busting down, please disperse. Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH, we will continue our conversation with the family and the attorneys of Anthony Dunn, postal worker, student, son, husband and friend, was killed in Los Angeles and who has a date with traffic court. Uh, His suspected killer has a date with traffic court April 20th. I have a feeling the front page family will be there. We'll continue this conversation in just a moment. We have a packed studio this morning talking about the case of Anthony Dunn. His mother, Felicia Adrian Smith, is here. His stepfather, Michael Evans. His wife, Janelle Dunn. Sister Brandy and attorneys Walter Mosley and Brittany Engelman are here. And they are with uh, Mosley, Engelman, and Jones. Not much time left. Lots of phone calls. I want to go to the phones if you don't mind. And then we're going to make sure that we get a final statement, at least from the attorney, mom, and wife. Uh, before we pass the microphone to Steve Harvey. Stephen from Torrance, good morning. Stephen, you're on the air. Hello, Dominique. This is Stephen. Um, oh, Stephen, okay. I'm listening to this uh, program. My heart definitely goes out to uh, the family, to Miss Janelle. Uh, on the other side, the reason why I'm calling because, uh, yeah, the laws are unfortunately um, uh, not appearing to be right. I'm just kind of shaking up because I was on the other side. I was one who was involved in an accident that took a man's life. Mm. And um, I was charged with involuntary manslaughter. So I truly understand what the family is, is uh, feeling and facing. Um, but you didn't, I, you, you, I mean, you must have spoken to the family or reached out in some way, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of strange. You um, didn't go to traffic court, did you? 
No, no way. I went to traffic court. No way. Um, you know, leaving that that scene, it was just kind of surreal to me because no, I I don't drink, of course, but there was no test given. Um, I expected a whole gamut, the reading Weird. of the rights and everything, and none of that was was done. Well, Stephen, uh, we're, we're very tight on time, unfortunately. Yeah. So what's what's your bottom line here? The bottom line is, yeah, it, it, I walked away feeling as if. Um, uh, that enough wasn't done. Even in my case, uh, I wow. felt that I should have been charged greater. I, I didn't understand the laws because okay, well, someone's life was taken. That's, that's all I'm going to Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm sure that's got to feel good for for you guys to hear that as a family. Yeah. You know, but I mean, people do make mistakes. There are accidents. People hit people and they don't mean to, uh, as clearly is the case with this guy, Stephen. It's hard for me to fathom that that could be the case since this guy Felipe Soto hasn't reached out in any way or shown any remorse. But that was really the reasoning of the district attorney, right? They said, well, it was an accident. Yeah, absolutely. They said it basically it was an accident and that was the reasoning. And why do you feel differently? Janelle? Anthony passed away. The accident was severe. Anthony lost both his legs at the scene of the crime. That's the thing that they need to know. Why didn't they take him in? And it's not like he got his vehicle sideswiped and he might have got, you know, hit in the head or whatever and had to do a little recovery. It was almost, you know, it was devastating. He was actually basically dead on the scene. So why not just check, take him in, check him out. We know accidents do happen. And then at the end of the day, if he checks out fine, let him go. And then that'll just be something that we would have to work with within ourselves to get over. But how can we get over anything when they haven't even stepped up and did what we feel like they should do? Thank you, Michael. And from, from a legal perspective, uh, the man was driving with a suspended license. Hmm. So he didn't have the right to be a guy driving with a valid license and making a mistake. He was already proclaimed to be an unfit driver by the laws or by some judge or by some police officer. So that's really the big issue here is the guy should not have been on the road in the first place. So we should pay some price for breaking that initial initial step. Mom, you look like you wanted to say something. <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know. It's just um, when he claimed he was dodging a dog, um, there was no brakes applied. Um, he just slammed directly into uh, Anthony. Um, no uh, tread marks as if he tried to swerve or anything. It just makes me feel that um, with the way things are going on with, you know, nowadays, I almost wonder was this deliberate? Well, you know, I, I, you know, it's hard to say, but I know one thing. If I have to choose between hitting a dog and hitting a person, sorry, the dog goes exactly. down. You know, so I'm like, you know, you choose to take human life um, over an animal. Um, really quickly here, because I try, want to try to squeeze in a couple more calls um, before we run out of time. You mentioned that there, this man, or we are hearing that this man may have been working for a company, however legit or illegit that company might be. Yes, Dominique. The, the report, the police report, indicates that the the vehicle, this one-ton van that hit Mr. Dunn, was registered to a company named Blue Horizon. Um, the address on the police report does not match up to any official headquarters for that company, and we would just urge Blue Horizon that is responsible for this van to come forward and take some responsibility for this for this incident. Blue Horizon or. 
anybody who works for Blue Horizon wants to slide us an address, <laughs> I'm sure that Attorney uh, Engelman would be glad to take that. If you if you missed um, today's show, uh, you can get it at DominiqueDeprima.com. Also, the story of Anthony Dunn is up there at DominiqueDeprima.com. And hopefully we'll get a letter up so folks who want to write can write. Shirley from Glendale, you're on. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Oh, hi, yes. This is Shirley. Um, I just have a quick comment, and I'll take my answer off the air. And this is to the attorneys. Uh, number one, um, do you have a good investigator? Because they could surely find out some information on Blue Horizon. But my call today is that, have you contacted Color of Change? Because I think we should get them involved. I mean, this seems like something that they would clearly be interested in, the work that they do. Okay. Before the arrangement, as opposed to waiting till after, so that they can put pressure on the, on them. Thanks, Shirley. It's a, it's an interesting idea. Color of Change, of course, the organization, the black online organization that organized that um, petition where two, more than uh, a million people have signed asking for an arrest in the Trayvon Martin case. Um, Nisha from Long Beach. I need the short version, Nisha, if you would. Yes, uh, I just wanted to send my condolences to the family and also once again reiterate like I have before several times that we have to, as a people, stand up for something or we'll fall for anything. And until this society corrects the wrong in regards to inequality, in regards to race, we will always continue to fight for justice as a people. Thank you, Nisha. Um, Let's go to Keeping It Real from L.A short version if you would keeping it real yes i was told that the postal service have a tendency of always blaming the victims when something like this takes place have you heard anything from the postal service about this matter i'm just trying to keep it real thank you yeah the unfortunately um the postal service has seen a string of deaths in this in this similar manner there's a huge safety concern that we're exploring right now with uh with national we've had uh, help from the uh congresswoman maxine waters and and really trying to, to to hold the uh post office accountable for the deaths of their uh, postal workers that are dying in the back of their trucks thank you for that comment uh you know he, nisha and some others have said that it feels like a racial issue why does it feel like a racial issue i mean i, I just want some articulation around that because you know mainstream media will say well this is not a racial issue a man was killed in an accident yeah and this particular uh uh accident um it it ha- it's the type of thing that's happening too when i when i said over the past 10 years there have been lots of deaths the deaths are happening in urban areas the deaths are happening because the type of routes that the post office is assigning the the parking loops you know the walking routes are happen in our inner cities and 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 postal workers in 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 the inner cities tend to reflect uh uh, the the people in their neighborhood so so black and brown folks are the people that are being balled over um i'm not an attorney but one of the reasons it hit me this way is because you just feel like if some guy if some postal worker mail carrier whatever the official term is was hit and killed by an unlicensed driver of color in Beverly Hills, and they were white, that person driving that car would be Under in jail. jail right now. Absolutely. End of story. Yes. I mean, to me, that's not a legal argument. That's called common sense mm-hmm. and welcome to America. Mm-hmm. But we don't accept that. We reject that, and we, um, we do not become discouraged. We just fight. We don't die. We multiply. And we want you to know that we, your front page family and your KJLH family will stand with you. 
just got to let us know how we can help. We're, we're out of time. It's time to pass the microphone to Steve Harvey. I wanted to say, um, okay, the information on for the letter is already up at... Uh, Really? Okay. Contact information if you want to write a letter. DominiqueDeprima.com. Go to KJLHradio.com too. We got to go. But I want to at least um, get a quick final word um, from Anthony Dunn's uh, wife, Janelle, and his mother, Felicia Smith. Just really quickly, if you would. And thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. Thank you. If everybody could just help me get justice for Anthony, that would give me some kind of closure. That's probably what I want right now. I just want to get justice for Anthony. Meaning a conviction. A conviction, yes. And I'd like to thank everybody for supporting us. And if um, the public can write letters to the city attorney, uh, um, the district attorney's office, um, to help us out in any form, it greatly be appreciated. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for sharing thank your story. Thank you for having us. Please. Keep us in the loop so we can do whatever we can do to help you bring some justice in this case. It's the front page. It's time to pass the mic. I got to go. As you go on your way about your day, let's just do this affirmation. I'm going back to the Jim Brown playbook. Let's take a deep breath in and let us release. We don't give up because we always remember that success is a journey and not a destination. Till next time, Radio Free Family. One love. 2.3 KJLH, Compton, Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Inglewood. Celebrating Black History 365 days a year.